you? Hello. <laughs> Every episode, I say hello, and it makes oh, hello. you laugh. Oh, and you never, and yeah, and you never say hello until I make you. You just—it was so sudden. I wasn't expecting it. So I panicked because I didn't know it was me doing the first hello today. I wasn't expecting that. Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome Hi. to I'm good. Actually, yes. Is this always? Whenever I say that, it always reminds me of you know the first like pre-recorded bit we used to do, where it's like, and it's you going, "Welcome to I'm Good Actually, the podcast where we have a vocal mental breakdown every week, and you have to listen to it." I don't know. It isn't what you said? It probably should have been what I said. It was more accurate. What did you say? Uh, the podcast where we talk about all things life and dating, but in your thirties, when it all gets a bit more complicated. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Oh, bless us. <laughs> little know. little new to podcasting us. Look at us now. Who'd have um, thought it? Oh, I was just about to be like, and this is our 10th episode, but it's not, it's our 11th. So <laughs> should have said that last week. <laughs> well, also, I think we should make it clear that we are not recording this one as we normally would, because it's coming out, as you know, if you're listening, between Christmas and New Year, and we weren't going to record on Christmas Day, which was our usual recording schedule. <laughs> yeah. So we are recording early. So we actually, I mean, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you had a good Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's do some future predicting. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was great. <laughs> okay, good. Mine too. <laughs> what are you actually, what are you doing for Christmas? Um, my mum is coming here and I've got the kiddly winks Christmas Eve and most of Christmas Day. We're going to go and swim in the sea, as is tradition on Christmas morning. Stunning. Um, with a load of, like, all the Widmouth people. So that'll be fun. Probably have a couple mulled ciders on the beach while shivering. And then, yeah, home. I'll cook. And then I think the kids are going to the exes Christmas evening. So me and my mum will get drunk and watch shit Christmas films. Gorgeous. Yeah. Be That's nice. very nice. I love that for you. Thanks, me too. What about you? I am going to my lovely sister's to spend it with her lovely family. Um, nice. So it's actually quite nice because my sister normally does um, like Christmas Eve, just her, her husband and the kids. Um, yeah. But because this year, so I can drive, but I don't have a car. And this year, because the trains are all so fucked, basically there's no way of me getting to my sisters without getting on the train and obviously there's no trains on christmas day mm-hmm. um, and hiring a car is fucking extortionate yeah just say, over christmas at least so i'm going there on christmas eve and we're going out for a really nice like dinner to a really nice restaurant that we've been to before which is lovely okay. so i've never gone out for christmas which is weird that's nice I know it's only christmas eve and i'm not i mean i don't know why i've just said that i've never been out for like dinner i've clearly every christmas what eve is happening pub. i don't know i don't Right, can I just start this all again? Ask me what I'm doing. What about you? What are you doing for Christmas? I'm going to my sister's <laughs> on Christmas Eve. And I will be there Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, which will be lovely. Spend time with her and the kids. Nice. It'll be great. <laughs> Is that enough information? Oh my we're going God. out for a we're going out for a nice dinner on Christmas Eve, which will be nice. Cute, and cute, then we're cute, having cute. Christmas Day like at their house. Nice. Are you there till mm-hmm. like Boxing Day? Or are you staying for a few days? No, because the trains are a bit screwed, and there's I don't think trains normally run on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, so no. I'm coming home on the 27th. Nice. 
And then you're coming here. All, well, I was going to say, I'm a bit all over the place. So I'm doing that on the 27th. So on the 28th, I'm going back to Essex to yeah. see my mates from back home. And then I'll be back at the flat on the 29th. And then on the bloody 30th, I'm trundling away into your house. To the third. Oh, nice oh. little, little Cornish break. Oh, my God. Imagine how many fights we're going to have. We are gonna oh, have... I had a bubble in my throat then. <laughs> I'll try to ignore it. Oh, how many fights are we going to have? <laughs> We're going to fight all weekend. <laughs> we are literally, we're going to just, I reckon. Oh, well, now you're not getting a train. We had already discussed this and we did say that our first mm-hmm. fight had happened before you even left because you had anxiety about the bus. Um, yeah, now I, you got, I got, I got what happened? weird. What, I got happened? Weird. what happened with the trains though, Marsh? So I got drunk and decided <laughs> to cancel my trains and book a hire car <laughs> uh, and did all of that and then realised I could only get one of the train tickets refunded. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the hire car costs about four times as much as the train in the uh, first place. Yeah, but I think the hire car from the 30th to the 4th is 200 quid with unlimited mileage <laughs> with Avis rent a car if anybody's interested. <laughs> that sounded so much like an advert. I felt like I had to say oh, it. Oh, that'd be such uh, a great sponsorship. Can you yeah. Oh my God, it would because I could drive to you all the time then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just thought, Do you know what? The train was like 100 quid. Even though yeah, I've only got half dick, of it back. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And then by the time I've fucked around, I've got to carry so much shit with me. Yeah. It and means I've you can carry all that. my presents easier. Yeah. Nah. I, can <laughs> fit, I can fit them in the glove compartment, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously I haven't got to fuck around with like the bus of doom from Exeter to yours. And yeah. The potential of the weather stopping them from running. It's just easier. So. Yeah, for sure. So can you just appreciate that I'm spending at least £300 just coming to see you? Yeah, we've also both spent over £100 on outfits and we're not even going out. <laughs> My outfit is incredible, though. Oh, I ordered that dre- that gold dress from the same website and it's mm-hmm. shit. Oh, no, is it? Yeah, it's really, really cheap material. I didn't like the look of it. The sleeves looked really baggy on that one. I think they're I think they're pretty much the same style of dress as the one that I got. I'll but send that you a gold after. one, yeah. I didn't like it in the picture. It, it was here when I got home yesterday and I tried it on and I was like, okay, this looks like I've made it out of tinfoil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I'm hopeful back. that my one will be okay though. Well, I've still got the dress the alternative bridesmaid dress so I could just wear that okay I was I was I thought you was gonna come out with something that would help me because I was like I hope my one will be okay and I was oh thinking sorry I didn't hear like, yeah well worst case if it's not you can have this but I'll just I'll be honest be I, w- I wasn't listening I was talking about <laughs> myself <laughs> but I was doing that you were talking about yourself and I was like I'm not listening so I'm waiting to be like I hope my dress is okay <laughs> we're both so selfish we're such cunts it's amazing but yeah, so by the time everyone's listening to this, it will be Christmas will have passed for another year. We'll all be stuck in that shitty, weird in-between days. Oh, yeah. We don't know what to do. You really don't want to eat any more carbs, but you also haven't got any salad bits in the fridge. So you're going to keep <laughs> eating roast potatoes and chocolate Yeah, and watching shit on telly. This is why I'm quite happy that I'm all over the place, though, because I always get that week off work as well. Like my office yeah. just shuts. Um. And so I'm kind of glad that I'm a bit all over the place because I've got like... You mean this week two... off work, not that week off work. It's this week. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Everyone knows we're pre-recording it. No, we weird. have to pretend. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for those days. Just wait for me to come. 
I'll be waiting with breath that is bated. Are you going to stop at a services? And if so, which services? Because I fucking love a service station. Uh, I am going to... I don't know what that noise was. I am going to stop at the services. I don't know which ones. Which is your favourite in the country? I don't have a favourite services. Who are you? I haven't gone to one enough to be like, this is my favourite. Cobham. <laughs> you didn't ask why I'm telling you. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. I mean, I can think of one in my head Mate, that I particularly enjoy, but I don't know what it everything. is. It's got a Nando's, it's got a Pizza Express, it's got a Leon, it's got a KFC and a McDonald's and a Starbucks and a Krispy Kreme. What? It's got a fucking Leon? Yeah, it's and the best Nando's. one. It's a sick service station, although it does bring up some shit because the next live near there. And I, Oh my God, like twice when I've been there, I was going on holiday with my ex and he was just there at the Starbucks coffee cart getting a coffee and I was like, ooh. What, you was going on holiday with him and then it grossed you out that he was buying a coffee? I was going on holiday with a different ex. Oh. This is the ex that broke my heart worse than anyone else in the world ever. I love that if we could talk about, I could bring up literally any <laughs> conversation piece and you relate it to an ex. <laughs> I could be like, I Go stubbed on. my toe and you're like, I had an ex that had toes. Okay, one time <laughs> I was running along the beach going before going for a swim with an ex and I kicked a rock and broke my toe. Oh, so yeah, there you go. God. What services are on the way to yours? This is shit chat and I'm not looking <laughs> anymore. We're not doing service station chat. Okay, should we just get on with the episode? Uh, yeah, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Yeah, I hope you got everything you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. We did too. Thanks for asking. You think we got a boyfriend under the tree? Mm, no. a boyfriend that we're gonna share <laughs> just one <laughs> we got one boyfriend that we're gonna split yeah the poor guy he's not not having a good year <laughs> as it's christmas the time of love and joy we thought we'd bring you a really fun light-hearted happy subject this week um we are talking mental health yeah, as it's the season of mental health breakdowns. To be fair, yeah, Christmas, I think most people have had a Christmas-related breakdown at some time or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know you definitely have. Yeah, I don't like December. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my mental health always kind of plummets like mid to late November. It's almost like the anticipation of it. It's kind of in advance of December. That's when I'm yeah. at my worst, if you know what I mean. I think it's a weird one because there's obviously so much to do and get done and it's mm-hmm. such a busy time. And then also there's like, you're probably seeing family which can bring up a lot of shit for a lot of people Mm -hmm. there's the financial shit there's the constant barrage of look at this big family where everyone loves each other so much and everyone's in love and getting engaged and all this stuff and it Mm. I think for a time that's so busy and most people and obviously there are people who spend Christmas alone and I cannot imagine it must be awful Mm. but yeah I think it's the expectation versus the reality thing that can really just kind of make you go well, this is shit. Yeah. I think a big th- thing for me is that obviously the reason, it's not even Christmas that I don't like. It's this time of year has been the time of year where all of like the bad shit that has happened to me is it always tends to have gone down in December. Yeah. So I struggle because it's quite a specific thing, but I am very triggered by walking into shops and there being Christmas music playing. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of having just been broken up with and yeah having to still go to work and like going out at my lunch break to go and get something to eat and walking in and Christmas music and obviously like doing Christmas shopping and stuff is it's, it's for me it's very specifically going into a shop with Christmas music playing really like takes me back to that place yeah um but I think largely it's just the expectation that it's the most wonderful time of year yeah. and everyone's happy and it makes it it kind of doubles down on how 
bad it is that you're not like that like when you're having a shitty time and you're feeling sad or angry or upset it's the one time of year that that's not really okay yeah definitely and that almost heightens it it makes it worse yeah because it feels like you're the only one because it looks you know you go on instagram and everyone's posting all these beautiful christmas experiences and yeah all this stuff and obviously we all know that instagram is a highlight reel Mm -hmm. but it does it just makes you think well why am I the only one that's in bed, yeah. devastated, who can't, I can't fucking brush my teeth, let alone yeah. decorate a Christmas tree. It is really, really intense. And I think it's it's shit for me that it, this, everything that's kind of gone down in the last couple of years has ruined Christmas because it's almost like when people invite me or want me to go and do these Christmassy things that other people are doing with them, they are the things that I actively don't want to do. Yeah. And there's nothing else in the year where you, there is like an occasion that you're expected to celebrate and be happy on. Mm-hmm. That, and it is act- actually that occasion that is what is making you feel bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like even putting up my Christmas tree, like that is triggering to me. Yeah. So I don't ever want to put the tree up now. And the more I don't want to do it, the more it seems like a, like this year, it it really took a lot for me to have to do it. Yeah, it really did. And I was anxious, like in the days leading up to it, like it probably sounds silly to people that don't get it, but it was, it was like really weighing on my mind heavily. And you know, when you're just like, fucking hell, it only took an hour, I just do it. But I had to really pluck up the balls to be able to put my tree up. Pluck up the baubles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. God. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. That was. Um, but yeah, I just think it, it's it's crazy to me that it's such a happy time of year, but it is actually probably mentally the roughest time of year for loads of people for so many different things. And it's weird that it's marketed as the happiest time of year when yeah. it is actually anything but really. But that's what it is. It is all marketing. Like it is just capitalism that's made us think that Christmas has to be this huge fucking thing. Mm. When like in reality, it, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I've I've spoken to my sister about this and she's like, oh, like we're doing this, we're doing that. Is this okay? Is this okay? And I'm like, it sounds like the biggest cop out, but I'm like, my all I want on Christmas is to wake up in their house and be with them. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else matters. If a food delivery didn't arrive or yeah. no one bought me a present or something went wrong, it just wouldn't matter. There yeah. is not one thing that could happen on Christmas Day that I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, well, Christmas is ruined then. The only thing that could ruin Christmas for me is if I had to be at my flat on my own. Yeah, 100%. Anything else is a bonus. I saw a, an Instagram post the other day that was talking about, because obviously there's all the um, postal strikes and a lot of people's presents won't be arriving in time for Christmas. Mm. And I saw a post from a like a small business basically saying like every Christmas film you've ever seen, it's not about the presents. Like that's For not sure. what it's about. And saying yeah. like, oh, I got you this, but it's not here yet. It's just as it's, they're still getting it. Mm. But yeah, like it should be about just being with people that you love. But mm. but then also that in itself can be really difficult. And, you know, there's a lot of people who this is their first. <laughs> I just thought you could mute me. So I was doing it when you were talking. I could, but I didn't expect it. <laughs> I was about to say, can you just wait a second and I'll I'm just gonna do it while she's talking. It's fine. I can't remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. No, you were saying it's fine. Oh yeah, like for so for some people, this is gonna be their first Christmas without a loved one, or Hmm. you know, their mum was what made Christmas, and their mum isn't here anymore, or whatever. Like it is a shitty, shitty time of year for I think everybody. I don't think I know anybody who just goes into Christmas and goes. 
this is going to be fucking great from start to yeah. finish. It's, it's like everyone's always got one thing about it that is making it shit, whether it's something yeah. like me that just past stuff being triggered, not having someone around the table that you want at the table mm-hmm. for whatever reason that is. Um, the pressure of, like you said, the money aspect of it, the pressure of being able to afford to give people yeah. the Christmas that everyone thinks they want, but no one actually fucking wants it. Everyone just wants to be together. I know. That's all it is. Even kids don't want as many presents as you think they do. Like people go mad on how much they spend on kids at Christmas. And it's like, how much of that are they actually going to touch? I know. And if they had five presents or 15 presents, no one is ever going to walk into a room and be given five presents and be like, where's the rest of them? Like kids don't know. I might. Well, you better buckle up then because I've got you a lump of coal for Christmas. Who's buying me presents? I've had to order my own present from the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Do the dads not sort you out a present from the kids? Not really. I don't know. Um, They might. But Ava knew what she wanted to get me and it's just easier. Well, she like, can you give me the money and order it? (laughs) Well, no, it was like she asked mum to help sort it. But I know that I want a a nice version of it. I I wanted a pair of gold (laughs) hoops, a new decent pair of hoops. Right. So I was like, I'll just order them. and we'll Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, that's a lot about Christmas. Hope everyone is okay because it is a shitty time of year and we're not going to say anything that's going to like fucking revolutionize that and make that easier for you. But you're not on your own if you're finding this time of year particularly shit. Winter's Mm -hmm. shit anyway for your mental health. Yeah. And then the forced happiness and fun just really drills in Mm -hmm. any feelings of ness. And it sounds like such a kind of cop out thing to say, but genuinely now as someone that does really struggle throughout December and Christmas our DMs on our Instagram are always open and if you're ever like especially because this episode's they're open all the time anyway but because this episode's coming out in between Christmas and New Year if you have had a really tough time like it might sound insane to be like you can talk to us about it but Literally, I would not think twice if someone dropped us a message saying I'm having a really rough time at the moment. Like we would yeah. 100% talk to you. So Absolutely same. We are around to chat to because no doubt I will be having a nervous breakdown at some point. So Oh, guaranteed can, I will. Yeah, so we can yeah. talk about it to each other. Yay. Yay. So mental health, mental illness. Mm-hmm. What's like a sort of brief overview of your experiences? So I didn't ever really think I'd suffered from bad mental health. Um, When I was younger, whenever I was getting ready to go on a night out, I would probably be fine until about halfway through getting ready. And then my friends and I always used to like go to someone's house and have a pre-drink or two before we'd go out. Yeah. And literally whenever I was at those pre-drinks, I would be like felt sick, had like uh like my stomach hurt I had to keep going to the toilet like keep having wheeze like just nervousness and I never really knew what that was and it's only now looking back that it was mad anxiety Anxiety. it was social anxiety and I didn't realize so and it was only when the breakup happened and my mental health really really and I mean even when I was in my last relationship there would be days we would refer to them as sad days and like my ex would be like how like if I was being a bit funny be like how are you feeling today and I'd just be like I'm just having a sad day today and he would know what that meant he would know like know yeah. that I'd need like a bit more which he was good at but even then like referring to him as sad days I was never like I've got anxiety I, mm-hmm. I just didn't it was I feel like it's something that's only really been on my radar which is, sounds quite selfish since the breakup mm-hmm. because when that breakup happened obviously I've spoke about it before I was like I cannot do this on my own like this is way 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 too bad and went to the doctor and got put on 
citalopram, which is an mm-hmm. antidepressant, but the doctor explained it to me that it was the dose was too low to treat depression. Yeah, it's an anti-anxiety on a low dose. Yeah, so I was given 10 milligrams a day, which is the lowest dose you can have. Yeah. And it, it was basically to treat anxiety. So I did that. And yeah, that was kind of my first. And I think obviously talking to people about it, of people that were probably a lot more aware of it when I would talk to them about how I was feeling and that I'd been put on antidepressants for anxiety and stuff that was when the kind of anxiety depression it started getting like labeled for me and it wasn't Mm -hmm. sad days or feeling a bit nervous before a night out it was actually called something and it was only once that happened that I was like shit I've actually had anxiety for years Mm -hmm. yeah about particular things like even you know what I'm like now going on first dates job interviews yeah things like that I don't just get like nervous like the average no. person like it is consuming to the point where I if I manage to make myself go and do one of those things like it's actually quite a big deal because you know the state that I get myself in about some of those things Mia. oh yes <laughs> yeah so yeah so my mental health has been up and down for a lot of years obviously very 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 down three years ago Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's kind of been addressed and labelled and I had therapy and the antidepressants did help. Yeah, I feel like now I'm a lot more in control of my mental health as opposed to all these things happening to me and I didn't know what they were and it was just what happened. Now I'm kind of like knowing how to deal with it and what it is and the triggers and all that. Yeah. Is that is that brief? Was that not brief? Was that okay? I think it was very well said. Thank you very much. Talk to me about your head space. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, my my journey with it is a little bit more uh, chaotic. Mm -hmm. I think I first started seeing doctors and things about my mental health when I was about 15. Um, I think I've been suffering with anxiety, panic attacks, depression for a few years beforehand. I self-harm, anorexia, did all of it. I was a proper classic case of this is a fucked up teenager. Can I just ask a question? Mm-hmm. Like I said, for so long, I didn't really know that was what it was. Did you, at the age of 15, did you go to the doctor and say, I have anxiety, I think I have depression? Was you labelling it like I couldn't? No. So I was having massive panic attacks. Um, mine was based around going to school, not because anything bad was happening at school. Um, my parents, my mum and my stepdad had split up and I think that triggered it a lot. And I would have like full debilitating thought I was going to die panic attacks. And there was a couple of teachers at my school who were incredible and recognized what was going on and they really helped and obviously my mum as well mm-hmm. so I sort of got taken to the doctors for that got a therapist through cams because back then apparently you could actually get help rather quickly rather than now where it takes about six years um, yeah. and I went to yeah. see this therapist he was like a little old man and we sat down and he went so I hear you've been cutting yourself and I went yeah and he went oh that's a bit silly isn't it oh my god god are you joking yeah so that was my first experience with therapy which is why I didn't go back into therapy for a fucking long time because I was like they just I was just judged Mm. and then through the years like it's been up and down I've yeah struggled massively with depression and anxiety there's been attempts on my own life there's been periods of absolute blackout can't remember because I was so ill mm-hmm. um, and then recently in the last couple of years I started seeing a therapist again who was incredible and through her I've realized that it hasn't just been depression and anxiety I actually have borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. which is usually triggered via childhood traumas um, it can it doesn't have to be something huge like 
you know it doesn't have to be like sexual abuse or something horrific Mm -hmm. like that for me it was having a very absent up and down father and various things to do with like our financial situation when I was a kid and things like that but Mm -hmm. yeah essentially it is it's similar to bipolar in a way that you have depressed periods and you have manic periods but unlike bipolar where those periods can last days weeks with borderline mm-hmm. personality it's it flicks it's like a switch like I can be literally sobbing like absolutely heartbroken mm. over something and it's like this switch hits I think they call it splitting and all of a sudden it's like it never happened and it's really hard to deal with because a it makes you look like a bit of a psycho and b mm-hmm. it makes it really hard to trust in your own emotions because like I'm suddenly like yeah. fine about it and I'm like what if I was that upset a minute ago I can't have been that upset a minute ago it's a really really weird horrible yeah. like thing to deal with and it's it doesn't have a lot of understanding about it. Like most people see this again in a similar way to bipolar and things like schizophrenia. We still see them as like these violent, unhinged, yeah, illnesses mm. that are dangerous to other people, which obviously they can be, but it doesn't mean that everyone with those diagnoses is a danger. How do you cope with that? Because I know that the big thing for me, when I first went to the doctor after my breakup, when I was doing the whole, I can't do this on my own, the mm-hmm. roller coaster for me is what I couldn't deal with. I remember not even knowing how the antidepressants worked, but when I went to the doctor, I said, I can't deal with this much up and down. I need yeah. something to like level me out I need to I said if if taking away some of the sad takes away some of the happy and just makes it more of a constant line then that's fine because I just cannot deal with that and that sounds like what you're going through is that to the fucking extreme so yeah. how how can you be like blah, blah 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 oh my god this is awful actually no it's not it's fine I just don't know how you deal with it it's I don't fucking exhausting like it is generally yeah. exhausting like I know you've seen like sometimes something will upset me to such an extreme way that makes no sense whatsoever like I'm just suddenly so hurt by it because not necessarily because of the thing because that triggers this thought about this thing that triggered me back mm-hmm. then and that is the sort of thing that he used to say to me when I was in an abusive relationship and all this shit mm-hmm. it all combines and I spiral like spiraling is the ultimate way of saying it like one small thing can happen but Mm. that in my head then makes me think about something else and I'm in this Mm. whole fucking mess of like a tornado Mm -hmm. and then the person who said that one thing is like what the fuck just happened yeah I'm on meds um which I am potentially changing because they might not be quite well I've been on citalopram for fucking years mm-hmm. um I love it it keeps me at a base level obviously it doesn't stop me having lows and it doesn't stop me having highs but it um it for the most part keeps me pretty middle ground but my GP is potentially suggesting something else on top of that I don't know what is it okay and if it's not just cut this out but is it okay for me to ask how much citalopram you're on because mine was 10 meg a day, which, like I said, is the smallest dose. 30. Okay. What is the yeah. biggest dose you can have as Telegram? I don't know what it is with Telegram. I think you can go quite high with Telegram. I think some people can go up to 100. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I think I know someone that might be on 80. Yeah. I know sertraline is lower doses. But yeah, I think Telegram does go quite high. Because when I was on sertraline, I think I was only on 5 milligrams. But mm-hmm. I was pregnant as well. So obviously they were trying to keep it a bit lower. Lower, yeah. <laughs> which is helpful when you're <laughs> losing your mind with hormones anyway. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I'm with meds, like there's such a, a weird thing around medication. Like a lot of people are really put off trying it, which I understand. 
Mm. But I'm like, if you have a headache, you take a paracetamol. If you have diabetes, you take your insulin. If you've got high blood pressure, low blood pressure, high, you take your aspirin. Mm. Like, you know, that sort of shit. It is the same thing. But I think what I find, and I've had this conversation so many times, people will always be like, so you're going to try and come off of it? It's like, you have to try and graduate from taking antidepressants. Mm. And I'm like, fuck no. Like, You've seen me when I've forgotten to take my meds for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I think <clears throat> I'm fine with knowing that I'm going to be taking these pills for the rest of my life. Yeah, and do you know what? I think I was the same. So I don't take um, citalopram anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was it wasn't actually intentional. So um, I had been struggling for a long time. So obviously I had been on it ever since my ex and I broke up. Yeah. So during that time my sleep like you know me I my sleep is just awful and it never really was that bad um but then after the breakup it was just awful like I was just not ever sleeping Mm -hmm. um and for a long time I put that down to the breakup and kind of the mental health aspect of that and all the things that were going wrong in my head and what was interesting is that twice I'd been on a holiday with one of our friends Charlie last year and this year and both times there was a big joke about it because every time we was on holiday all I did was sleep I did not stop I would literally wake up go down to the like we'd go out and do whatever we was doing go to the pool and I would sleep by the pool Mm -hmm. get up and then I'd like they would be like I'm gonna go and do this at the oven I'd be like I'm gonna go back to the room for a nap (laughs) and then they would come back and then we'd get ready for dinner and then I would be eating my dinner and halfway through dinner I'd be like I can't keep my eyes open and then I'd go back and have a full night's sleep it's because you were actually relaxed one it was because I was actually relaxed but then this year so obviously every time I booked a holiday, I was like, I'm buzzing to get some sleep. So I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then a few people had said to me that a side effect of citalopram could be bad sleep. Yeah. And I'd never really given that much weight. Um, and also I'd been to the doctors about my sleep who knew and were the people that were giving me the citalopram mm-hmm. and they'd never mentioned it. So this year I went on holiday and I'd taken my tablets with me. And then when I got back, I was unpacking my bag and I thought, oh my God, I didn't take... Yeah, any of my tablets so I had gone so basically at the point when I realized it had been seven days since I'd taken my antidepressants and I hadn't noticed anything I'd slept like I normally sleep on holiday really well but I hadn't noticed a decline in my mental health or anything so I basically spoke to one of our friends who is a mental health nurse and basically said look like what do you think I should do because part of me is like shall I just come off it now because I'm worried that it's affecting my sleep anyway and I was thinking about it but now if I've kind of got a week down the line without them and she was like because you're on such a low dose I'm sure you can just stop but I spoke yeah. to my doctor and wanted to make sure in case they wanted me to like kind of ease myself off Taper it, but, it off. But the, yeah, yeah but the doctor was like no because you've already been doing it for a week you're showing no signs of like a yeah. drastic decline and because your dosage was so he was like if you wanted to come off it we would have just told you to stop anyway you wouldn't mm-hmm. have had to taper off so it's fine so I haven't been on them since and my anxiety has there has been times where it makes me think oh my god should I go back on them because I'm really anxious about this but yeah I think I had those times before um yeah I just didn't give them as much weight because I knew I had the tablets backing me up and now I don't I'm a bit like oh my god do I need them again yeah but also I know for a fact that if something happened I would not hesitate to go back to the doctor and get put back on them and there is not one part of me that would be ashamed that I had to go back on them for me like exactly like you said earlier they are just as beneficial to me as paracetamol as anything like that and I'm like if I um if I get unwell and I need some medication to make me better like I do with every other 
other <laughs> yeah. form of illness that I have, then I will absolutely use that. And I don't see myself as graduating from antidepressants. I'm just like, at this moment in time, I don't need them. At this, like right now, I don't need paracetamol either. There will be a yeah. time when I probably do again. So far. Yeah, probably New Year's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think what you were saying about the side effects and the fact that was affecting your sleep, like side effects for mental health medication is something that the doctors, like general practice doctors, just do not warn you about enough yeah. like at all. Like the fact that most antidepressants, when you take them, you get worse before you get better. Yeah. Like the, the I, I, there are stats, I don't have them. And I don't know them off the top of my head, but like people mm -hmm. who kill themselves after just having started on antidepressants mm. is a thing because yeah. like you feel worse. Like I've been at my, I think some of my worst times were when I was starting a new medication yeah. and yeah, like things like the lack of sleep, the fact that it can affect your appetite, the fact that it can affect, it can affect everything. Like mm. I've taken some that I'm literally high, like fully high. Like my pupils are completely dilated. I look like I've just dropped a pill mm. and I feel zoned out and spaced out. Sertraline fucked me up. Mm. Like it was literally like I was off my tits for about a week. And that's mad as well. I'm like, so when I first went on the tablets, they gave me enough for a month, but they, the doctor said they wanted to see me again in two weeks time. Yeah. And they, and they said, and we're going to schedule a phone appointment for a week. So basically I took them for a week, had a phone call mm -hmm. another week, then went back in to see them another week, had a phone call. And then at the month, That's good. went back in to see them. And then they were like, how, each time they were like, how do you feel? For the NHS, that is good, I think. Because yeah. I don't know a lot of people that got that. I must have just been lucky. Yeah. Um, and then after that month, they were like, okay, we're happy. So carry on. But they basically said it, it does get worse before it gets better. The tablets actively do and can. So they, they were like, mm -hmm. we're not trying to scare you. You might be fine. And luckily I was. But they were like, there yeah. are a lot of people that it gets really bad so that's why we want to make sure you're okay but I mean my biggest thing was actually going to the doctors and saying I am just not sleeping and you know that when you don't sleep everything is a hundred times oh worse my God, yes. and I mean the amount of nights that I've laid in bed and it gets to like four o'clock in the morning and I'm like my alarm's going off at seven and then I've got to go to work only having had like an hour's sleep, but they're all like two hours sleep. But then that night you'd think you'd sleep. No, no. It's I mean, worse. I think I think the worst thing, it was only a couple of months ago. You'll probably remember. I think mm -hmm. it got to like, I was getting on for like 10 days and I yeah. think the most sleep I'd had in, in one night was like an hour and a half or something. It was, it was insane how bad that got. And the thing is, if you're not sleeping, everything else is worse. Like, yeah. you know, they, they sleep torture is an actual form of torture. Mm. Like yeah. keeping people awake is used as torture. You can die from yeah. like not sleeping it fucks you up so you're going to be way worse yeah and when I was like at work I think like probably a week into that like 10 day episode that I had I was like I actually just don't even feel like a real person I felt like you know like when people say well I feel like a zombie like mm -hmm. I it was weird I just couldn't I was making really stupid mistakes at work um, and like you know when people just ask these questions and I was giving them answers and they were like what and I was like I don't know like it's literally like mm -hmm. I just couldn't get my brain to work yeah but I think it's really shit that I actually went to the doctors about that the same doctor that gives me the antidepressants and they never once said this could be linked yeah that's the sad thing is like there's always discussion of like over medication and unfortunately because of the fucking 12 years of Tory cuts we don't have mental health support in this country on the NHS. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it has been decimated and it's fucked. And that's not the fault of the doctors or the nurses or anyone who works in that field. 
mm-hmm. that blame falls entirely on the posh toffs who are quote unquote running this country. Yeah. And because of that lack of like specialist support in the mental health field, GPs are doing what they can. And for the most part, that is prescribing medication and maybe putting you on a wait list for a therapist, which can literally take years. Yeah. And the meds are now so common. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because they do help, but they're so common that the sort of side effects of it and the dangers around them just isn't considered because they're mm. just that you are getting prescribed them as easily as a contraceptive pill or as yeah. it has its own problems. Or as like, you know, they'll tell you to take two paracetamol and go to bed sort of thing. Mm. It is. I mean, this country is fucked for mental health support. Like absolutely. In general. In general. Yeah. So that kind of moves on to the whole therapy thing. Mm -hmm. I was so lucky that through my job, my I get private medical insurance and I got yeah. therapy on that. So I saw straight after my first breakup, I started seeing my therapist and probably saw her for 18 months, which so that would have ended in probably I stopped seeing her in September last year. Yeah. Um, and all I had to do was pay £200 twice because they fell over two um, years, if you know what I mean. And that was just what my excess was. Yeah. So bearing in mind that in especially in London, mm-hmm. you're looking at probably at least 80 quid a session for therapy. Yeah. I paid £200 for 18 months worth of it and there were times I think at the start I think for the first month I had it twice a week because yeah. I was in such a state and then it moved to once a week for a long time and mm. then I think about two months before it ended I went to like once every two weeks or something yeah and then I've obviously I wasn't I didn't have therapy from September last year until July this year and then an incident happened that wasn't a breakup mm-hmm. um that led me to having being given again with work emergency uh, bereavement counselling yeah um with a therapist and that happened in June and they were work were really good actually um because the bereavement counsellor wasn't part of my private medical so they were just paying for it out of their own pocket because it wasn't covered with my insurance or anything yeah um and I was supposed to only have about five sessions but I think the therapist said to work look she needs, needs more, more. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I'm sure that's and... not what she said <laughs> no. um so I think I ended up having 18 sessions that were all paid for by my office that's which so good. is just it's good and I will never ever take for granted how fucking lucky I have been with yeah. both of them and I could have therapy like I'm I can have therapy again in the same way that I did before paying for it um the only problem that I've got is the bereavement counsellor that I was seeing this year absolutely I mean I've loved both of my therapists they've both been amazing um but the bereavement counsellor isn't um like registered under my oh yeah I'm be saying insurance yeah so I wouldn't be able to see her and it kind of feels a bit counterproductive to have to start again with someone new it's like, really hard it starting before. with a new therapist it's so yeah. hard because you're like you just want to you need that shorthand you want to just be like Look, yeah you know where I'm at. I know and it was almost at. like this year if when I was given the bereavement counseling obviously it was like an emergency thing that work put mm-hmm. in place really quickly so they didn't contact my previous therapist so I was like okay I'm gonna have to start with a new person and now I'm like I'm I'm okay like she was fucking brilliant she sorted me right out so I'm like I don't feel like I need it now mm-hmm. um but in the same breath if that ther- um, that therapist said if she ever registers with my insurance she will email me and let me know so I can sign up with her and as soon as she does that even if I'm fine I'm gonna be like right that's honestly it, like I hate how inaccessible therapy is because it is so expensive and so mm-hmm. people are like, I can't afford to see my therapist anymore Mm. um even though she offered me like majorly reduced prices because of my circumstances Mm -hmm. I still just I can't quite afford it at the minute Mm -hmm. but like I hate how it's so inaccessible because 
I think even if you're not going through, if even if you're not mentally ill, even if you're not in a really bad place, mm-hmm. it's such a healthy thing to do. And I, like, you know how much my therapist has changed the way I respond to so many things. Like, I'm a much healthier person since mm-hmm. seeing her for the year or so that I did. Like, just my, yeah, just the way that things that trigger me, the way that I'm able to sort of stop, step back, recognize it, respond accordingly rather than just go full emotional response like we always used me and her used to talk about the logical brain versus the emotional brain Mm -hmm. and like how the emotional side of you is your initial response to something it's your initial hurt it's your initial pain it's your initial whatever Mm -hmm. whereas quite often if you take a second and that logical brain kicks in you're able to be like look it's shit but you don't need to full react to this or you can talk about it sensibly and calmly rather than lose your mind and threaten Mm -hmm. to throw yourself off a cliff which I do do sometimes I think for me there's so many times that I will it's it's normally when I'm speaking to someone or even times on this podcast where I will say something and I'll think oh my god I've said that because of therapy and I never would have it's it's it isn't just it's helped me it has completely changed my thought process and how I deal with things and how I respond and react to things in a way that I notice it and I didn't ever think it would be like that I thought it would just be like oh if you don't feel like if you feel sad today like maybe do this and do that and it will make Mm -hmm. you feel better it doesn't it changes you and it it has made me so much more of a better person. But again, I've already said this before on this podcast. It's made me know myself yeah. so much more, more than I ever have. And people, like, I think you said it earlier, you always, people that have never had therapy always think you can't just go. There needs to be like a big reason. And granted, yeah. the reason I started therapy was because something big happened to me. Um, but it's only having had it that I tell everyone all the time. My, if anyone's going through anything, I'm always like, you should go to a therapist. Um, Me too, all the time. I, yeah, because there is absolutely... And if you went to a therapist and they was like, right, why are you here? And you were just like, I just feel like I want to talk to a therapist. They'd be like, okay. They wouldn't be like, what the fuck? What are you doing No, here? not at all. They'd just be like, all right, sweet, let's do it. I think we're finally catching up with it in England. Like, it's always been a bit of an American thing, hasn't it, that everyone has a therapist. Like... Um, my friend Joan who lives in New York like she always jokes that you have your therapist then you have your therapist that you go to to talk about your other therapist too. <laughs> like it's a very you know Americans have been so ahead of it you know they talk about going to see their shrink all the time like it's been a way more accepted thing over there we're so stiff up a lip British keep calm carry on just get on bullshit, with it, yeah. which doesn't work clearly that's why so many of us are in dire straits all the mm-hmm. time like I think we're getting there I think more and more people are starting to go I've met a few men recently who are very open about the fact they've been to therapy there is nothing sexier than a man that says he's going to therapy nothing or has been to therapy like you know I dated a guy who went through some traumatic shit and he had years and years of therapy and I think he is so open about so much stuff because of that and like I really respect him for that and he's so open about his experiences as well which is like I just think regardless of any any of the other benefits because there are hundreds with therapy (laughs) it does just it makes your communication skills so much better because you've got you have to go and talk to someone you have to open up to get therapy like you can't just go Mm -hmm. in there and be like well I'm not talking about it I'm not talking about it that's not how it works (laughs) and even you could start like that like don't get me wrong I'm sure if I looked at my first two or three therapy sessions compared to my last two or three I was nowhere near as open because I wasn't used to it but I just 
think any man um, that has therapy will be, like you said, very communicative, mm -hmm. a lot easier to talk to, will probably be a, a bit more understanding of any issues or arguments that you're having yeah. and just knows how to resolve them because he's used to talking. And I think a lot of men aren't used to talking. Yeah. I've always said that if I was to get married, I'd want to do six months of couples therapy before the wedding as well. Yeah. To like yeah. actually, you know, just to figure out, not because there's something wrong. Like that's the thing. Again, people think going to therapy means there's something wrong. Yeah, going to couples therapy is probably the healthiest thing you could ever do for your relationship because the amount of like communication barriers and things that we all put up mm. from our own experiences and our childhoods and our past relationships and our friendships and all that bullshit that makes us this slightly broken person, yeah. <laughs> which we all are a little bit. Yeah. Like going to couples counselling and you communicate in different ways. It's just it's so healthy. I would 100%. Like if I was getting married, that would be part of my wedding budget. It would be six months of therapy before the wedding. Plus, what a lovely thing to give someone. Being mm. like, I value you and our relationship so much that I'm willing to put this extra effort in to yeah. make sure we preserve it, to make sure exactly. it stays something that we both want to be in. It's like the ultimate, to me, it's like a very, very 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 strong show of commitment yeah i think so too rather than only going to it because one of you fucked up let's yeah, go like to it having to drag your partner to it like it shouldn't be like that if you need to drag someone to couples therapy then yeah you should just yeah drag should, them into the shouldn't. canal instead okay so in terms of mental health on our mental health journeys, as we love to call it. Our favourite word. Yeah. How do you feel like it impacts dating? And is it something oh. that you feel like you need to disclose to people? And how early on? Yeah, I had, I did have this as a, a discussion point on my Instagram a little while ago. And it was really interesting. Like, everyone had a completely different answer. Mm -hmm. Like... Because I don't think there is a right or wrong time. Like you don't owe anybody like your list of diagnoses. Like yeah. I don't feel like I need to come in with my fucking binder of doctor's letters and be like, hey, here's my mental health history. Have a read <laughs> of that. it down on the table. Yeah. <laughs> be more of a donk than that. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I am very open about my mental health anyway. And I think anyone that I'm dating, if they look at my Instagram for about five minutes, they're going <laughs> to pretty, pretty quickly figure out that I'm... I have my issues yeah I don't feel like I have to specifically disclose anything but I I don't know just I think it's just the way I am and the way that conversations tend to go on dates it always just kind of comes up and yeah I don't think there's anybody who hasn't had some experience with mental illness anyway so it hasn't ever been a huge thing obviously that's easier said with like saying I've had depression or I've suffered with anxiety I think when you bring in other diagnoses that are the more quote unquote severe, that's not what I mean, but that's how people see them, mental yeah. illnesses, there's a different response. Like people are very supportive of mental health and mental illness until the symptoms aren't pretty and manageable. And everyone's okay with watered down mental health a little bit of anxiety yeah. here a little bit of depression there everyone can get on board with it when it's like yeah. personality disorders and stuff people always see that as scary and it's yeah not and people and people don't know how to cope with it and people don't know how to respond to it and it does it it scares people hmm. I think it impacts my dating just in general anyway of like the way that I see things like I might I go go offline like the reason we hmm. didn't put an episode out two weeks ago was because I was having a pretty severe mental health breakdown mm -hmm. and I was an absolute mess as you know because you were probably the one person that I kept um limited but still communicated with yeah um, I mean it's a nice as possible way it wasn't enough 
for me because I was very <laughs> worried but in the same yeah. breath like obviously it's not sorry I wasn't like fuck that mate I was just like I would have preferred more because I was worried about you and it it's one of the times when it really sucks that we live this far apart yeah but yeah but yeah that's what's hard you know if I'm dating someone new and I have a period like that that can completely ruin like a new mm. relationship because I've gone off radar for a few days yeah. or sometimes longer of going hey I'm just not in a good place right now but yeah you know that could be tough that. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. What about you? Do you talk about it much, like on dates and stuff? I feel like it's one of those things. I don't talk about it specifically. I don't know how to, I don't want to word this in a bad way and get cancelled. Oh, there we you go. didn't say that I didn't say week. it in the last one. I, know, I just realised that. Uh, yeah, so I don't specifically have to tell people, but it's because I feel like I have got one of those very completely understandable watered down little bit of depression little bit of anxiety not a big deal um and I think the only thing that I probably would need not need to tell someone I mean when obviously we have the life chats about who we are as you're getting to know someone like Mm -hmm. third fourth fifth date whatever whenever stuff comes up obviously they will know about the breakup they will be told about the antidepressants and the therapy and the not wanting to fucking live anymore. Like that's just, and it's for me, it's not something that I'm like, I need to put my cards on the table and tell you this. For me, it's just a, once you get to know me, you will get to know that they are all parts of me in the same way that you will get to know what my favorite music is and what pizza Mm -hmm. I eat. It's it's just all part of the building blocks of me that at some point you will find out. I think one of my favorite and easiest ways of talking about on a date um, was a date I went on and the guy I was with had a semicolon tattoo, which people who don't know, that means that you've attempted to take your life. It's the unfinished sentence punctuation I did not know that yeah I noticed that on his hand and I was like oh and he was just like yeah and I was like huh, me too and that was just like and then we ended up discussing it like later on in the in the night mm-hmm. but it was just such an easy like oh and there was just no judgment and it was quite it was nice yeah how do you discuss your mental health with people that aren't people you're gonna date like would you talk to your mum about it or like family So I'm really, really, really bad at talking about it when I'm in it. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah, and I'm very good at masking and coming across like everything's okay. Like it's a skill that I've learned that I wish I hadn't. Like I'm trying to unlearn it. Mm -hmm. I, when I'm in a bad place, only people who really know me notice. Um, I'm not good. It's this, I have a real thing where I feel like I don't want to burden other people. I don't want to put it on you. Mm -hmm. Like you've got your own shit going on. This is my shit. I'm really, really bad at being like, hey, I'm having a crap time time yeah um, I have a hug but afterwards or like when I'm not in a bad place I am so free to talk about it as you can see from this podcast you know I'm just yeah. chatting away about it. it doesn't bother me at all mm-hmm. so I think in the aftermath people always know I talk about it very freely everyone like I'm not ashamed of any of my diagnoses I don't care who knows what mm-hmm. but yeah I am shit at talking about it in the minute like I cannot yeah. ask for help and I need to get better at it and that's almost why I wanted like I was keen for us to do obviously we were both keen to do this episode but I agree and I think that you can say that with every part of your life like I would have really struggled to talk about my breakup when I was really fucking mm. upset about the breakup I would I think anything that you're currently going through and struggling with is always hard to talk about but I think because we're both in a space and I don't mean in general in our lives I mean today 
we are both both of us in a good space so we can yeah. talk about it then if it if other people hear this and they're like I don't feel like that today but I will do in a week's time or I did feel like that two weeks ago and it's yeah. completely normal I think it is very beneficial the, well, the one thing for me with all of this when I was feeling really low when I was feeling really sad it makes you feel so lonely yeah and the best way to combat that is for you to hear or see something that tells you that you're not on your own mm-hmm yeah 100% Um, and I genuinely I think my wish for this podcast which I think 11 episodes down the line we've accomplished that I have always wanted to do this in a way that oh my god when I was heartbroken when I was really upset when I was really depressed I wish I'd had something like this to listen to I'm not saying we're the only podcast that obviously touches on those issues but we're definitely the funniest so and the prettiest and the prettiest and especially right now chaotic do you ever feel like if people could see us of the state we're in while we're recording this? Everyone would be I like, did, yeah. Remember what I that's said two episodes ago and I was like, this would be so much more of a problem for me if we fucking filmed ourselves. <laughs> I'd visually. have to get into full glam every episode. Oh God, I'm so don't. glad we don't have to do that. Yeah. We are going to have to do it though. <sighs> Not yet. I just got a text from a boy who I went on one date with seven months ago that I want to marry. Just saying, you should have me on your podcast. <laughs> Is this the one who I don't know? Oh, I can no. never remember who it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the one who you always think is my friend because they have similar names. Oh, we literally had this conversation on the previous episode. I know. Okay, no, he's not coming on the podcast because I don't like him. Why? I don't know. I've just decided that I don't. Oh. No, I'm oh, lying. I do like him. First. Okay, no, that, that was mean. I'm just being selfish. and Maybe he wants to come on the podcast to propose to me. <laughs> wow. So Mia's mental health was declining in front of my very eyes. The um, the good bit about that was that I then smashed the glass straight onto my tooth after I said it, which you could definitely hear. I'm very cool. I heard that and I was like, God did that. <laughs> Taylor Swift did that. The spirit of Taylor Swift. Taylor like, Swift was like, absolutely fucking not, bitch. No. <laughs> um... Well, that was a nice little chat anyway. Yeah, it was good. I think, yeah, like you said, it is a shitty, shitty thing. I'll put a load of numbers and websites for support on the show notes if anyone needs it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no shame. I've called Samaritans before. They're very lovely mm-hmm. people. They really do they help. Are, it's, aren't just, they? it's somewhere to talk. It's someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. That I think, and this is the other thing about therapy that I didn't say, and it's the same thing with calling someone like Samaritans, talking to somebody who doesn't know you, who you don't know at all. It's just a person. It's just a, a vessel to get your shit out can be mm-hmm. so helpful. Yeah, so 100%. helpful. So if you need it this Christmas period, those things are there. And if you have some spare money this Christmas period, maybe donate to some of these charities because... <laughs> Once again, thanks to the fucking Tories, we don't have any support without charity. I'm sorry, that the wasn't end. funny. I was laughing because I genuinely thought you was going to say, and if you have some spare money this Christmas, go on our link tree and buy us a coffee. Or <laughs> <laughs> that. I genuinely, did you not see my face? I was literally shaking my head like, no, yeah, you can't I could, do that. I couldn't work out why you were so like disgusted at me, like saying donate to Samaritans. I was like, mate, this is a good cause. I was like, that has taken a turn trying to get people to buy us a coffee. I mean, or um, yeah, you can go to our Kofi link on our link tree. And let's be honest, we're not going to spend on coffee. We're going to spend on wine. Yeah. Um, but please don't do that if you don't have any money. Obviously. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. And obviously, like I said before, I know we're probably the last people that you, anyone feels like they can talk to. But if you've listened to this episode and it resonates with you and you feel like you want to tell us and get some stuff out, our DMs are always open. Yes, they are. Are you just going to finish texting? Are you going to participate? How did you know? Because you're not looking at me. You're looking at your phone. <laughs> Fucking hell. You're rude. You're a naughty boo-boo. Sorry. Okay, right. We're not talking about him. Uh, <laughs> end this and then that's End it. this. End this now. I love you. Love you. So, mm-hmm. seeing as it's Climbo, yeah. shall we do a little festive game? Yeah, sounds good. What are you thinking? Like charades? No. Uh, uh, I know uh, that we normally play a game at the end of this, but I thought we would mix it up and do fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> 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 um. Okay. Cool. Shall we? Sh- we shall. Okay. You're going to go first this time. <gasps> Lucky me. Your three are Bob Marley. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I've just. <laughs> Is that why you were singing it? No! Oh. I just pulled it! That's why I took a second and was like... So for anyone listening, wondering why we're just screeching at each other, um, I just joined the podcast to start recording and I didn't realise Mia was there and I was singing Three Little Birds really loudly and then Mia said, that was nice, but made me shit myself because I didn't know she was there. I literally we've just been crying with laughter for about five minutes over it and now I've just randomly pulled Bob Marley that's very weird that is weird okay it's a simulation yeah did you did you see the moment that I realized I was like Bob Marley yeah it took you a second (laughs) um Fred Flintstone okay and Prince Harry (gasps) himself the duck the duck the duck Duke, Duke is is Duke the word you're looking for rather than duck? The duck, the duck of Sussex. I kept going to say Duchess and stopping, but my brain was just like, no, you're saying Duchess. That 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 was a complete fight between my mouth and my brain that you just witnessed there. That was great. The duck, the duck, duck. The Duke of the Sussex. The Duck of Sussex. The <laughs> Duck of Sussex. Okay, this is this is like the easiest one ever. Oh, okay. Um, fuck Bob Marley, marry Prince Harry, kill Fred Flintstone. Okay. Any reasoning? I reckon Bob Marley would be good. Do you? I think fit. he's so stoned. I reckon he'd be quite lazy. No, I fucked some stoners. They're filth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, Harry, you know how I feel about Harry and Meghan. I love him. Yeah. I love her. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Megan, I'm stealing your husband, but like, yep. Fine. And Fred Flintstone, I mean, he's just annoying as fuck, isn't he? He's the standard male cartoon protagonist, therefore a terrible husband who does shit all around the house. Um, yeah, okay. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. Yeah. All right, you ready for my poll? I am. Number uno. That's not the camera. <laughs> <laughs> do I do that to you all the time? <laughs> Number one is David Beckham, famous LGBTQ hater. Yeah. Number two. Another David, but this time Attenborough. I was just about to go, Daddy. Horrific. <gasps> Horrific. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. Wow, you thought I said the worst things. Is this another David? No, this is Jackie Kennedy. Jackie O. We love to oh, say. Sorry, God. Mr. President. As far as, far as, we, as we know. know. 
That is my favourite <laughs> Spice Girls song yeah, of all time. Same, anyway. same. It's a fucking banger. Um, okay, I'm going to kill David Beckham. Yeah, I think, given recent events. Given recent events, but also I've never been a particular David Beckham. Like, I, could I appre- haven't either. Yeah, I can appreciate that he's he's attractive and he seems like, well, up until recently, he seemed like a nice person, uh, but mm. I've never really got the whole obsession with him. But Mosh, he queued to see the Queen. Oh, didn't we fucking all? Well, no. No. We're, we're normal, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Didn't everybody else in the world. Um, David Attenborough, I would marry. Yeah. Because... Well, he's going to die soon. You'll get all his money. And I know I just called him daddy, but I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) Daddy. No. Um, And I would fuck Jackie Kennedy because she is beauts. In her heyday. I'm assuming we're talking 60s Jackie Kennedy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. I was about to say in the iconic pink dress, but that was literally the dress that her husband was murdered in. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say I respect her scraping her husband's brains off the back of a car. That Jackie Hennedy is the one that I'd shag. Wow, you do like them traumatized. I do. Um, Yeah, so that was great. That was a very unproblematic one. You didn't shout at me for any of my decisions for once. Yeah, I'm not mad at you. (gasps) Oh no, there's still time. Should I say something to piss you off? Yeah, text dickhead back again. Oh my god, Mia! (laughs) Hello! Oh, can I just say one thing that was the funniest text message I've ever received in my whole life? I've already showed it to you, but I feel like our listeners will really appreciate it. A friend of mine was at a pub that Voldemort was playing at recently, and he texted me saying, your man is playing here, and he looks like Roland the Rat. (laughs) Which... And then... He does, actually. He does, does. Yeah. yeah. And then followed it up with a voice note in which he went... What are you having for dinner tonight? Um, I know you're a vegetarian, so are you having ratatouille? <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Great so, vibes. Yeah, just, great vibes. All right. Well, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Yes. We are going to be doing our big end of season finale, which we're going to be recording from the same room, probably yes. with a couple glasses of Prosecco. Yes. We're going to play some games. We're going to read out some stories. We're going to surprise each other with some bullshit. Who knows what's going to happen? It's probably going to be seven hours long. Buckle up, (laughs) bitches. It's going to be wonderful. That will be our last episode of this season, though. We're going to take a little break after that. And then maybe if we get told that everyone misses us enough, we will come back for season two. Maybe. We're not making any promises. Yeah, never make any promises. No. Um, and if anyone does have any like hilariously bad or amazingly good dating stories or anything relevant to the podcast that you want to submit for us to read to each other during that episode, we would love to have them. Uh, the yeah. more unhinged, the better, quite frankly. Just any stories about anything we've ever spoken about in this season, pretty much. Yeah. The fact that you said things. related to the podcast 10 minutes ago probably covered that off. So I didn't need to say that, but I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, but you just like to speak. so. Oh. <sighs> Oh, I'm just trying to make you mad at me. You're always mad at me at the end. It feels wrong that yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. All right, well, on that note, right. you're a bitch. I'm going to go and watch the traitors. Yay. Oh, me too. Thanks, right, guys. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Oh, my throat died. <laughs> that was horrific. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Can you say that again without the butt?